You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. Today I want to talk about listening to God. You know, everybody has a story, don't we? Everybody has a story. It's funny how one of my fears in life are snakes. I hate snakes. I don't know what it is. I, you may be a snake lover. That's fine for you. But there, I know it's somewhat irrational, somewhat not, but I just am not a fan of snakes. And I know there are many snakes out there, especially around here, that aren't even poisonous, that are helpful for the environment. I understand all that stuff. But if I see a snake, I freak out. Now, I don't freak out in a weird way. All right. I don't run and scream. I, I just, you know, my heart leaps and I... I go, you know, I, I, even when I'm walking in the woods, I'm always watching for something that might move or jump. But the funny thing is, whenever I share that with people, that one of my fears in life are snakes. Everybody, everybody, almost without fail, has a story, a terrible story about snakes that they feel like they got to share with me. It's just the way it goes, right? I remember I was sharing it with some guys about my fear of snakes, and immediately... One of the guys that was sitting there, he goes, oh, one time I went to open my garage door and I put my hands down and I started to lift the garage door and I didn't know it, but that rubber strip that, that you know, at the bottom of the garage door, there was a snake all along there. And I grabbed the snake and I lifted the snake with the garage and I'm holding the snake in the air. And then I realized it was a snake and I dropped it. I'm like, why do you tell me that, man? I have a garage door. Why do I want to know that? Right? Because the truth is we all have stories. And, and we all have things to say. And sometimes, sometimes, you ever been, you know, when someone's telling a story and as soon as they start telling a story, it prompts something in your mind and you immediately stop listening to them? Now you're waiting for a pause because you want to inject your story. I've done it many, many times. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, and you're already queuing up in your mind what the next thing is you're going to say before they're even done. Now you'll wait. You'll be polite. But you've already got in mind what you're going to do. I mean, that's why, because we all have stories. And sometimes because we all have so much to say, we don't really listen. And we can do that in the spiritual world, too. You know, we've got so much to say, so much to do, so much of our religious activity, so many things that we want to do that we don't really stop and listen to God. You see, God has something to say. And sometimes because we have so much in our minds, so much in our hearts, so much of our religious activity that we don't just stop and listen to what God has to say. So my point today is this. We need to listen to God. We need to listen to God. Sometimes we're hearing, but we're not really listening, right? You ever been there before? You could be hearing, but not really listening. One time my wife and I were driving in the car with my mom. And this way, we were going somewhere, and we were driving down the road, and my wife and I were in the front, and we're trying to find this place. Where, I don't remember where we were going, but we were trying to find this place. And this was pre-GPS days. Remember those days when you had to look up something on the Internet and then print it and take paper with you into the car? Remember those old days? Way, way back in the old and primitive days. You remember that? Well, we were driving, and we were looking for something, and we didn't have GPS, and we were trying to find this, and my mom was in the back talking about something completely unrelated. And my wife and I are trying to be kind, you know, and listen, 
And we were hearing, but we really weren't listening to what she was saying. And so we were looking and we're looking and letting out and every, uh-huh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, mom, yeah. You know, we're looking, is it over here? No, where is that? Where? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And my mom just kept talking and talking. And my mom, being the smart woman that she is, realizes that we're not listening to a thing she's saying. And so my mom thought it would be funny to start adding facts to her story that were just outrageous. And she starts telling us about how as we're looking and driving, she's telling us about how she went to Arby's. She ordered a sandwich, but she didn't have enough money for the sandwich. So she just thought, well, I'll look around in the garbage and see if there's any leftover sandwiches. So I dug around in the garbage and I found a sandwich and I'm, and I, uh, oh, that's still good. So I'm eating the sandwich I found in the garbage at Arby's and I'm driving going, uh-huh. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Where? And, but thankfully my wife <laughs> was actually listening. She went, whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're eating out of the garbage at Arby's? And my mom said, no, no, I wasn't. I just wanted to see if you were listening. You clearly were not listening. Because sometimes we're hearing, but we're not paying attention. We're not really listening. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 5 some of the things that God shares with us. Because I believe that in our crazy hectic world where we've got stuff to do and places to be and things to take care of we still need to stop and listen to god god's got something to say this sermon here in matthew chapter 5 6 and 7 is referred to often as the sermon on the mount and the reason why it's referred to as the sermon on the mount is because a it's a sermon and b guess where it is It was on a mountain. Yes. Yeah, you guys are scholars, man. Come on. You guys know your stuff. So this is what what people refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And here, God, through Jesus, is about to make his first recorded big speech. All right, it's the first speech we have that's recorded. Now, Jesus may have made other speeches prior to this. We don't know. This is the first one that, that he sits down and he speaks. He gives his first big sermon. He actually literally goes up on the mountain. It says he sits down. He looks at the people, right? And through his word, he reveals his heart to us. He paints a picture in this sermon of what is important to him. And that's why I think you and I need to listen. Here in this passage, he chooses words to define what true spirituality is. And so because this is coming from God, you and I need to stop and listen. Not just hear, not just go, oh, Phil, yeah, 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 I've heard this before. Yeah, 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 oh, I can, I can quote this. Well, good, I'm glad. But we're not going to just sit here and hear it. I want you to really listen to God. So let me read this to you. Matthew chapter 5. I'm just going to read the first 12 verses of this sermon. He says, it says in verse 1, it says, Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed 
are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know what? That is so nice. I'm going to read it twice. All right, listen, listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I know you heard it, but are you listening? Are you listening? You know, this is amazing, this passage. This is referred to often by scholars and people as the Beatitudes, this section of this Sermon on the Mount. And what's amazing about this section that I just read to you is these are not commands. They're not commands, right? How do we know they're not commands? Because later in the sermon, he'll give commands. His commands are very clear when he gives commands. Verse 16 of chapter 5, he clearly says, let your light shine. That is a command. That's a directive. Verse 25, he says, settle matters quickly. That is a command. That's a directive. Verse 29, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Another command. Verse 34, do not swear. Another command. Verse 43, love your enemies. Another command. So he is clear about, he knows how to give us commands. So what we just read, these Beatitudes aren't even commands. 
These aren't commands, but more of a revelation of what God values, what true spirituality is. That's what that is. You know, I don't know about you, but I read them, and my first reaction is to make a checklist, right? All right, checklist, got it. It be, this, this, these Beatitudes become kind of a to-do list to me. All right, this week, I really got to work on mourning a little bit more, maybe being a little bit more poor in spirit, and I uh, probably need to throw in a couple insults there. All right, great, check, check, and check, right? That's how we think. We think, all right, got the list of eight things I need to be doing. But that's not what this is. It's not a to-do list. It's a state of being. It's a state of heart. It's a mindset. It's who we are. It's a list of what is important to God. You know, am I, am I, am I minimizing their importance? No. Of course not. Am I saying, well, then, since it's not commands, they're optional? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, when God speaks, you better listen. You and I should take some time and soak this up. Just soak it up. The Beatitudes are a revelation of what God sees as important. And quite frankly, I don't know about you, but I, it's very different than what I think is important. God's view generally is very different from ours. Generally speaking, there's a great verse in Isaiah 55. I read this all the time. This is one of my theme verses. Verse, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You want a great exercise in spirituality? Whatever problems you're facing, whatever troubles you have, whatever situation you're in, take a piece of paper and literally write down your thoughts on the situation. Write it down. Here's what I see happening. Here's how I know it's going to work. Here's how it's going to play out. Here's exactly what I think needs to happen. Write it all down, man. Just take some time. Word it out. Here's what you think. And then throw it away. Take it literally. Tear it up. If you want, get a match and burn it. You know, your inner pyro. You know, just kind of torch it right there. Because what that is is nothing compared to how God thinks. It's just, it's not even close. Not even close. God's thinking is as different as the earth is from the sky. Is God's thinking and my thinking. You know, sometimes, again, I think we hear, but we don't really listen. The story is told of Franklin Roosevelt, who often endured long receiving lines at the White House. He complained that no one really paid any attention to what he said. One day, during a reception, he decided to try an experiment. To each person who passed down the line and shook his hand, he murmured, I murdered my grandmother this morning. The guests responded with phrases like, Ah, oh, marvelous. Keep up the good work. We're proud of you. God bless you, sir. 
It wasn't until the end of the line, while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia, that his words were actually heard. The ambassador leaned in, leaned over and whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. You see, sometimes, sometimes we're hearing, but we're not listening. And I'm just saying, God has a lot to say. Do we just hear it or do we really listen? So let's take a minute. Let's just review some of these values that God has. Let's just review them. We're going to study these out over the next eight weeks. But let's just for now, let's just review some of them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's from God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This poor in spirit sort of, you know, it's a recognition of your deep need for God. It's a recognition of that without God, you are spiritually bankrupt. You're not pretty good and God just is a little icing on your cake. No, you aren't even a cake without God, right? You are, I am nothing without God. That's being poor in spirit. That's understanding without God, we are nothing. But with God, we are everything. God values this. There's a great verse in Isaiah 66, verse 2. God says, this is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. That's the one that God esteems. That's the person God values. The person who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at his word. He goes on and says, blessed are those who mourn. Mourning. That's being sad. You know, some scholars I've heard believe that maybe this is referring to mourning over our sins. You know, when we look at our sins and we see the devastation in our life, that maybe that's what he's talking about. It could be. It could be. Or maybe he's just talking about being sad. You know, I've said this before in sermons, and I believe this, that part of being a Christian is sad. You know, we come together and we sing and we clap and it's just really because we're happy to see each other, right? But but when you're out there trying to be a spiritual person, it's hard. And sometimes your days will be sad. Because as a spiritual person, sometimes you see things that other people don't see. You see the spiritual side of things. And it makes it makes you sad. It makes us sad. Sometimes being spiritual means that we are we will mourn. It's okay to just be sad. It's okay. Second Corinthians one verse three it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. God is the great comforter. You know, we just prayed for Louise Castleman, you know, with the loss of her father. You better believe she's sad and she should be. But that's that's God's specialty is comforting us when we are sad. Blessed are those who mourn. He goes on, blessed are the meek. He didn't say blessed are the weak. I know they sound similar. Right? They sound, but it's not weak. He said, blessed are the meek. Some of us think being meek is being weak. 
But the truth is, meekness is being gentle and self-controlled. And let me tell you, in a world where relationships end abruptly, in a world where children are abused, in a world where people lie and deceive and fight to get their way, you know, don't tell me that meekness is weakness. The truth is, if we had more meekness, self-control and gentleness, if we had more meekness, we'd have a lot less weakness in our lives. Meekness is not weakness. You try to be a gentle, self-controlled person. That's what, this is what God values. Again, I know you're hearing, but are you listening? He goes on and said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's not just a one-time thing. This is a life. God values people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. David writes in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Crazy, huh? I mean, that's amazing. That's somebody who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. David goes on in that same verse later. He writes, I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Wow. David is saying that God's word is sweeter to his mouth than honey. I mean, that's somebody who is hungering and thirsting for righteousness. This is what God values. This is what God looks at. He goes on, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted and insulted. This is not a checklist. This is not a list for you to just to go out and do. This is a revelation of God's definition of what spirituality is. We need to listen to God, don't we? Don't we? Would you agree? We need to listen to God. What if we had been in charge of the Beatitudes, right? What if today God was like, you know what, I want you to, to, to write out the Beatitudes for me. We would have said all sort of crazy things, right? We might have said, you know, what are, we would have thought about, well, what do we place spiritual value on? What is important to us in the spiritual realm? We might say things like, blessed are the loud, for they will sound spiritual, right? Blessed are the talented, for they shall seem important. Blessed are the sharp, for they, they will be respect, respected. Blessed are the beautiful, because they just have no problems at all. Blessed are the thin, because that's where true happiness is. Blessed are the busybodies, for they will finally be recognized for all their hard work. Blessed are the opinionated, for they obviously know what they're doing. Just ask them. See, these are the things, right, that we think are spiritual sometimes. And we may not say it as clearly as I just said it, but if we look in our souls, if we look at how we act, if we're honest with ourselves, these are the things that we value sometimes. So God comes in through Jesus, through this sermon on this mountain, and just blows everybody's mind. He says, no, let me tell you what true, true spirituality is. What we think is often in direct contrast of what God thinks is being spiritual. Instead, God describes spirituality as being desperate, being needy, 
being broken, being eager, being honest, being hungry, being devoted, being hurt. (laughs) That is just totally opposite of what I think. Do you have the courage to embrace this? Do you? Do you have the courage to, to, to be spiritual? Not in not in not in the not not using the standards that you and I make up, but truly using the standards that God has laid out, the things that God values. This is spirituality. We need to listen to God. Again, over the next eight weeks, we're gonna dive deep into these. Every Sunday, we'll just go in order. Each one of these will be a sermon. In, in and of itself. And we'll dig deep and fight and try and, and pray and beg God to help us become spiritual people as he defines, not as we define. Listen, we all we all seek to be understood, right? Don't we? I mean, if we're honest, we want people to understand. That's why we sometimes we fight and we argue. It's really because we just want to make sure the other person gets us. The problem is if you've got two people who really want to be understood, trying to convince the other person how to understand them. That's how you get these collisions and these arguments. One time recently, <coughs> my wife and I were having a disagreement about something I don't even remember what it was. But all I remember was that, yeah, she doesn't even remember either. All I remember was that I felt very strongly that we needed to do something now about whatever it was. We needed to act quickly. And she felt, no, we need to, we need to take our time. We need to wait. We need to be patient. And so I was saying, no, no, it's important to do something now. And she's like, no, it's important that we wait. It's important that we have patience. And we're going back and forth. Again, I don't remember what we were talking about, but that's where we were at. And we were having this argument in our car, this, this disagreement in our car. And somehow in our car, the voice activation system in our car was activated during this discussion, right? And so as I'm saying, no, we have to do this now. She's like, no, we need to take our time. There was a moment of silence. And the car said, are you saying that you would, you would like to wait? That's what the car said. And Leslie stopped and looked at the car and she said, yes, car. I am saying that we should wait. Thank you, car, for understanding me. Thank you, car. For seeing things through my eyes. You see, we all want to be understood, even if it's by our car. We all seek. God is the same. God seeks to be understood. God wants you to understand him. He's not going to argue with you, though. He's not going to fight with you. He is going to just, he, he has just put himself out there. And now he's looking for men and for women who have the courage to step up, to set aside our thoughts and our ideas and our opinions and our traditions and embrace what he says is true spiritually. Let us decide now. Let us put away our ideas, our opinions, our arguments, our preconceived ideas, our notions, our traditions. Let's put these things aside and let us listen to and let us embrace the heart of of God. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com.